check this podcast episode six time to break down the election and all of the dumb shit that's come from that and i got fact checked a bunch this week and facebook can suck it i obviously don't care about the fact checkers and they can leave me alone i am posting just for my own amusement at this point and to see if anybody reacts but it does seem mighty sketchy that and, and especially so like the Michigan, the Michigan vote count where uh, something like one hundred and thirty eight thousand votes just appear out of nowhere while zero for for Biden, while zero votes for Trump show up in that same amount of time. And, and then and then the fact checker come swooping in to tell us that we're taking it out of context. Like, Y'all can have your fucking crony fact checkers come through and explain away all of this stuff all you want. Absolutely nobody in their right mind trusts the system. And that's on either side. Like, nobody on either side trusts anything about this anymore and it is beautiful like it is absolutely beautiful i hope if nothing else this election will show 80 percent of the country that the whole thing is a rigged scam to keep us mad at each other and to keep us tied down and to keep us enslaved to those who have the power because that's exactly what's happening. Like everybody acts like Trump was some, or at least everybody on the left acts like Trump was some unique, um, evil figure that we had never seen before, and he was the second coming of Hitler or some dumb shit like that. And uh, if you listen, I listened to uh, Dave Smith and Michael Malice election breakdown episode this morning. Uh, well, I listened to it yesterday and then I listened to it again this morning just to be refreshed on it uh, since I knew I was going to do this. Um, like one of the things that they talked about is Trump was Trump is effectively a an 80s Democrat, like with his policy and a lot of the things that he kind of uh, stood for and, and campaigned on. It's it's very much 80s Democratic policy. And there's nothing really unique or special about Trump or anything that Trump did. Like he he didn't come in and sweepingly change the system. He he exposed a lot of things that needed to be exposed, but he also continued a lot of things that should have been ended. And if he was some unique figure, he either would have ended a lot of the government overreach or if he was a unique figure in the the way that Democrats want us to believe, he should have just completely changed the entire landscape of it and made it some totalitarian fascist regime. And none of that happened. Like absolutely nothing happened. Where where are we now that we weren't already four years ago? And if you if you honestly, sincerely stop and look at the country as it is today versus the country as it was four years ago, there's really not a whole hell of a lot of difference. And it's because the system that we have is so corrupt, like nothing's going to change. The ones who are in power are going to continue to be in power and and nothing's going to effectively change in any of this. So we're kind of in this position where 
you know, what do you, what did you think was going to happen? And what we're seeing now with the election results is that's all kind of slowly trickling in and, and coming together. Nevada has been the, uh, Nevada has been the absolute gem of this whole thing in the way they've kind of just, uh, trickled out the vote, the vote count over the past three days and really haven't accomplished anything. Uh, you would think with all the uh, money counters in the casinos and everything in uh, Vegas and Reno, they might have some people who could count a little bit faster than this. But, uh, and then you see the meme that uh, <laughs> by poll workers, you meant, you meant stripper polls, right? Uh, no. Oh, we're way understaffed then. Yeah, no shit. So the the Nevada memes have been the best the best part of all of it. Like, if nothing else, I said it in 2016. Uh, the 2016 election was so heated and uh, ugly with uh, Hillary and Trump and and just all the ridiculousness that surrounded the two of them. And there was that silver lining of all of the Joe Biden looking out the window or Joe Biden sitting with uh, with Obama and like the memes of Joe Biden saying dumb shit well, that were hilarious. Like, I think there was a website that was solely dedicated to just compiling all of those memes. And it was the best part of the election. Like, no matter who won, at the end of it, if you got if you got some enjoyment from that, like we all kind of won a little bit. And I feel like this could be a similar situation. Like, if everybody would put aside the partisan BS and just look at the whole thing on its face, like we could all come together and really get a uh, a great deal of enjoyment out of this because it is kind of a it's kind of a unique experience, and it really it really shows itself as a uh, slap in the face to what everybody thought our political process is and was like all the polls have been proven to be totally wrong and totally unreliable. If anything, going forward, nobody will ever trust a single poll ever again. And that's a good thing. Nobody will ever trust this voting process ever again. It doesn't matter if Trump wins, if Biden wins, if nobody wins. Nobody is coming away from this with any level of trust in this system ever again. And that's good because we never should have trusted it anyway. Uh, it has not been what the founding fathers intended for it to be for a very long time. And that is a great, great thing that people are starting to wake up and see that. Because the best way forward from here is some sort of a secessionary plan where the country breaks up. And for, uh, I don't know, for whatever it's worth, I really, I really want to see that happen. Um, people might get mad at me for that or whatever, and I really don't care. If you're still clinging to this hope that American democracy is some great thing, all you got to do is look at the state of Illinois. Like 98% of that state is red. 
and Chicago alone dictates everything for that state. The fucking system does not work, and it's time to get something else going. And if we're being totally honest, like you can see that in just about everywhere across the country. If you look at Georgia, uh, the only thing, the only thing that's really dictating the Georgia vote right now is Atlanta. If you look at Pennsylvania, it's almost all comes down to Philadelphia. It's it, the system is not it's not working on a federal level. We should I should say it's not working on a federal level. And that's that's kind of the idea is the American governmental system was never really intended to work like that on a on a large scale federal level. Uh, that's why we have the 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment says that anything that's not laid out in the Constitution and and the other amendments, specifically a portion to the federal government to do, falls to the states. So <clears throat> what should have been happening all along is the federal government only should have been doing the very, very minor or minute amount of, of stuff that was already laid out in the Constitution for the federal government to do, and everything else should have fallen to the states. And then you would actually see true representative government at the state level where things would be run well and things would be, there would actually be representation on that state level where laws and <clears throat> taxes and everything else would be dictated by the people who it most directly affects. We can, for instance, the the minimum wage thing like th there cannot there absolutely cannot be a federal minimum wage and have it be a beneficial thing to all of society like it has to be on a case by case state by state and even even further than that it almost has to be on a county by county basis because $15 an hour here in the Evansville area is vastly different than $15 an hour in New York City, which is, and $15 an hour here in Evansville is vastly different than $15 an hour in Fulton, Kentucky, where I'm originally from. Like, you can't have broad sweeping legislation that applies to everyone and everything when just in, just in a state alone, I mean, from Mount Vernon to Evansville, is 20 miles in that 20 mile span a lot of things are vastly vastly different so you can't have this one power seed in washington dc that makes all of the rules for everybody and that's never the way it was intended to be and the whole system is broken and people are finally starting to look at this i think i think people have started to look at it over the past four years more and more uh, trump Trump was in some ways unique in that manner that that he kind of broke things a little bit. It kind of uh, put people who had faith in this system on their heels a bit because to have somebody like Trump just sweep in out of nowhere and kind of take things over the way he did, uh, it 
it really kind of broke some people's trust in the system anyway. And now to see this election and the way it's playing out, it's really going to break people a lot more. And and hopefully it's going to break them permanently that we start to look at it and say, all right, it's time to it's time to figure something else out. I, uh, I sincerely do think that what's going to end up happening is it's all going to come down to courts. And I, I honestly have no idea who wins. Um, the more, the longer it goes and the longer it drags out and the more votes that get counted, the more likely it is that Biden's going to win because Democrats have proven in the past with previous elections that, uh, for people who don't pay a lot of attention to the, the minute details of this kind of stuff over the years, a lot of it gets swept under the rug, but Democrats have historically proven that the longer these counts get drug out, the more likely it is that their candidate's going to win. They're going to keep finding more votes and keep finding more votes and keep finding more votes until they finally get the outcome that they're looking for. And then they're going to shut the whole thing off and be like, okay, we're done. We found what we needed. It's over. Our guy won. And that, that's the way it, there, there are multiple examples of this. Uh, I, I think it's uh, Frank in uh, Minnesota in 2008. Uh, there were some in, there are some in 12 and 14 as well. I don't remember them exactly. There's a, I've looked at too many and, uh, I, I've kind of, I've looked at too many of them and I'm, I didn't memorize all of them exactly. And I didn't write down sources because I wasn't going to go into like great detail with it, <clears throat> but it happens regularly and it, it, it pretty consistently never goes in the Republicans' favor because they're going to keep counting until they find all the votes that they need. And then once they've got what they need, then they're done. They're not going to keep counting anymore because they it's over with. And then they're not going to go back and recount it. And you would think that after 2000 and everything that happened in Florida, I, I don't understand the argument that every state has its own system. Like, especially with everything that happened in 2000, how could every state not look at that and say, oh shit, this could happen to us too. And everybody go in for full on uh, change of the, of the system and effectively do what Florida did where that you ensure going forward, there's no question. There's no doubt. There's, you know, it's going to be done. It's going to be handled right every time from here on out. And there's not going to be any of this delay. There's not going to be any concern over it. But then when you think about that and you really dig into it and you really look at it, of course, of course, no democratic state is going to take that approach to, to have some sweeping uh, voter reform where that they can do away with all the corruption and the bullshit that drags things out and <clears throat> creates these opportunities for new votes to magically appear because that plays into their hand. Like that is their playbook and their strategy for victory pretty much every time. So 
if people aren't starting to wake up and see this and see just what a corrupt system it is and why it's so corrupt and how it's so corrupt and figure out that it's time to change. I don't know. I, I may have, I may, I may finally fully lose faith in humanity. Not that I've got a lot left anyway, but this, this right here, what's happening right now in this election should be the wake up call that gets people heads out of their asses, out from under their rocks to say, no, we can't keep doing this. We've, we've got to do something else. We've got to move on. The system, it's just, it's not working. So ultimately, I think my prediction or conclusion of everything that's going down right now is I really, I really think Biden is going to win, but I also don't think it's going to be decided at any time, even remotely soon. And it may not be decided by January. It's going to get drug out in the courts with everything that's going on in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Nevada, and even Georgia. It's, it's all going to get drug out. Every single one of those states is going to get subjected to multiple recounts. And everything that's going on in all of those states is going to end up going through multiple court proceedings. Uh, I mean, it was it was projected anyway before the whole election got started that it was probably going to end up going to the courts and it was going to spend a lot of time in court and and it was going to be heavily contested. I mean, everybody knew that going in. That's that's not a big surprise. I think the court contestation is going to get really, really in-depth and really, really ugly. And it's going to be a because of because of the potential of fraud and a lot of the very questionable things that happened on Tuesday night and and again throughout the week, everything that has happened for the entire week, it's going to throw the whole thing into total chaos and everybody's going to be looking at it and trying to figure out what really happened, what didn't happen. Who knows? Uh, And I think at the end of it, unless, unless they can legitimately prove wide scale voter fraud or vote counting manipulation by the Democrats, it's going to end up being Joe Biden wins. And like I said, it may not be, it may not be January before we have that final declaration, but ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. And at that point, I don't know how long things go from there as far as just the the country staying intact and everything kind of everything kind of moving forward uh, with the status quo more or less I want to see how Joe Biden handles his first hundred days in office or whatever as soon as he comes in I I honestly really really want to see how long Joe Biden actually lasts as the president as with all the stuff that came out with the hunter biden laptop and uh the tony 
Bobaluski, is that his name? The guy that did the interview on Tucker Carlson, like his interview and, and everything that he's got. And the fact that really not a lot of that has been contested or even denied, really. Like Biden said that the the 50 former intelligence officers said that there was nothing to that. But the 54 former intelligence officers were all Democrat-leaning, Democrat-supporting, and none of them had actually looked at any of the evidence prior to saying that. They were just saying that to back their boy. So, and, and Hunter Biden's lawyers asked for the laptop back. Like, they are, they're confirming that it's his laptop and they want it back. And so none of this stuff is really being contested. And so there's a there's a little piece of me that thinks the Democrats are just going to roll with it and they're going to allow all of that stuff to be out there so that as soon as Biden does come into the presidency, immediately they can just flip it because you know that they're going to use their propaganda arm of the mainstream media to flip on whoever they want to, to drive their narrative. So they're going to flip it on him and they're going to use all of that to get him out of office and put the person that they wanted in to begin with in power. And that's Kamala Harris. They showed that <clears throat> Gosh, everybody should have known that she was going to be the VP pick, regardless of which geriatric fucker they ended up putting up there for the president, whether it was Biden or Bernie Sanders, because it was going to be one of the two. They weren't going to let any of the young people that might actually be uh, not senile or not on their deathbed uh, get the presidency. Uh, the DNC was going to make sure it was either crazy old dude or crazy old dude. That way they had an easy out to bump them out of the office. And they were going to put Kamala Harris in as the VP, no matter who got the presidential nod, because they wanted her to be their presidential candidate. And she fell, she fell flat on her face and was just so ungodly terrible that nobody backed her at all. No, no Democrat wanted anything to do with her in the primaries. But that's who the establishment had picked. So they were going to do whatever they needed to to make sure she got in. And now they've got their inroad to get her in. So I'm I'm even I'm less I'm less curious to see how Biden does and more curious to see how long they let Biden stay. But I don't I, I don't know I don't know how it works out for the Democrats either way because but they're not going to have the Senate the the Republicans are going to hold on to the Senate. The Democrats have lost ground in the House. They're still going to hold that majority, but they're not going to have as big of a majority as they did before. And now they don't have the Supreme Court. Uh, they could they could always kind of bank on Justice Roberts siding with the Democrats on the really important stuff up to this point, but now with it being a uh, 
six to three Republican nominees to Democrat nominees, even though Roberts, for as much as he's a Republican nominee, he doesn't really vote that way. Uh, he votes that way on a lot of the smaller issue type stuff. But when you get into like the really big ticket items that are the sticking points for true conservatives, Roberts doesn't, he doesn't go that way. So, so what you're going to end up with is less of a majority in the house for the Democrats, Republicans still holding the Senate, a Supreme court that leans right. And then basically a dead person in Joe Biden in the presidency who's just a placeholder for a total psychopath in Kamala Harris. It could get really interesting. There are there are two potential silver linings to this whole thing. Uh, and I'm not sure which one of them is going to play out. I really I hope for the I hope for the secessionary thing. I've talked about it before. Like that's that's kind of where I'm I'm sticking and for as unpopular as that opinion might be I really do think it's about time for this country to break up and there's there's no way 400 people in Washington DC can make good legislation that fits the needs of 330 million people across this huge country. It's just too, there's just too much difference from, from one side of the country to the other, from one side of a state to the other. I mean, it's just, you cannot legislate in that way effectively and efficiently. It's the, the Roman empire is an excellent example because of the size of Rome at its apex and prior to its downfall it was so vast and so spread out that there was no way to effectively rule all of that and as a country we are there I, the landmass that the united states covers is huge compared to a lot of other countries especially especially comparable countries as far as economies and stuff like that go. If you're looking at like Western Europe, you know, we cover such a huge amount of land and have such a huge population. And we're not, we're not a communist regime like say China or Russia, even though Russia is not technically communist anymore, it still effectively is. And we, so you know, democracy doesn't work for those, for that huge of a population. And if you look at India, like India is a, India is a democratic society in a lot of ways, but the way that society is structured, like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really not good stuff that's going on with that. And, and it's a developing world as it's a developing country as well. So it's kind of a different, it's kind of a different thing with, the things that they've got going on, but it really the democratic system is kind of failing them as well. And it's just, once you get to a certain population size, 
and you're covering so much land mass, like there's too much diversity and disparage disparagement between the different people and the different places that it can't just it just can't be ruled like that. So I really do think that the best thing it would be for it to fall apart and and to just get a hard reset and start over again as uh, effectively like a Western European style, a whole bunch of small sovereign sovereign countries within this one country. And and maybe something like uh, the EU would work here in the United States, where if after it does break up and there's five to eight small countries within this one uh, you know, the, within what used to be the United States, if they could all get together and be like, okay, we're going to use the dollar and, and we're going to have open borders between each other. Like there'll be a uh, certain allowance of movement between places. And I, I think it could be very functional, but at the same time, if something like that came about, you could also end up with the same situation that we have now, where if there is a EU type of arrangement here in the United States for the new the new countries, eventually the Northeast and New York and all of that and the West Coast with California, they're going to start throwing their weight around because they'll have the, the larger population centers. And then you're going to be right back where we are now. So like just full full split might be the best the best thing that could happen. But there is also another option that I think needs to be looked at because like I was saying the Republicans are going to have the Senate. The Democrats are losing seats in the House, so their majority isn't as big there and the the conservatives control the Supreme Court. So it might come down to the the members of Congress are actually forced to do their fucking jobs for the first time in 30 years. They're going to have to actually sit down and work together and come up with bipartisan agreements on how to govern, how to make legislation, and how to kind of run the country. Because if, if they can't just... If they can't just lean on plowing stuff through, then nothing ever gets done. And, and personally, that's beautiful. Uh, I'm all for it. Nothing should ever get done by the government. Like the government was not designed to be efficient and to do things. The government was the whole reason that we have the the executive, judicial, and legislative branches. The whole reason it's split into the House and the Senate and the presidency and the Supreme Court is so that the whole thing will stay in gridlock at infinitum and nothing will ever get done. So that would be a thing of beauty for nothing to ever get done and the whole thing to just lock up forever. But they're not going to let that slide. They they're not going to sit around and not do anything for the next four years or two years or however long the whole thing kind of holds together. And they're going to have to start agreeing with each other and coming up with ways to get along and ways to actually govern from the middle. So maybe, just maybe, there's that silver lining that the whole thing results in 
the government actually starting to function effectively and work together to get stuff done for the good of that 80% that's sitting in the middle. Because there's the, you know, there is the extreme right-wingers and there's the extreme left-wingers. And the Democrats cater publicly very specifically to that extreme faction. But that's proven in this election to be a losing bid. Uh, there are a bunch of things that have come out here over the past couple of days where uh, members of of the House have lost uh, re-election bids that were Democrats, and it was specifically because the the left catered so hard to that extreme faction that it alienated a lot of the, the middle part of the country. And, and I don't know that, I don't know that the left can learn from that. Like they don't, they don't look at that and say, oh shit, like people are outright rejecting this. We've got to, we've got to move back to the middle and kind of fix this. They think something's wrong with us and they need to change us. They don't think they need to change what they're doing. We need to change and get on board with them. So that is something that kind of gives me pause and concern about whether or not they can actually come together and govern from the middle and actually make things work for all of the American people. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm very interested. Anybody that is terrified of what's going to happen when this whole thing is over and a victor is declared. Calm the fuck down. It's not going to be that bad. I promise. Honestly, nothing's going to change. If Trump's back in, you get more of the same, which is nothing happens. If Biden gets it, it's probably going to be more of the same that you got from Obama, where nothing happens. The only people on the planet who should be scared of the outcome of this election are poor brown people in Middle Eastern countries. Because either way, once the whole thing wraps up, they're going to start getting bombed into oblivion again. And that is some bullshit. And that's why the government has got to go. Speaking of got to go, it is time for me to go. Everybody have a good weekend. And I will see you again next week.